Hey everyone, it's Lonnie here to say that I am doing something new that I thought y'all might be interested in, especially writers, but really this is for creators of any type. I am writing a Substack newsletter called Dear Writer. The official description is, Dear Writer is a love letter to writers about writing from a writer who is trying to mend her broken relationship with writing. I've been doing this since the end of June, and some lovely people have signed up for it, but I haven't been promoting it that much because I had no idea if it was something I was going to be able to keep up or if I even liked Substack. Because here's the thing, I kind of hate email. Like, super hate it. I understand it's a necessary evil, but I would literally rather communicate in like any other way. But a lot of people feel differently. A lot of people have inboxes full of bullshit and they like getting a message of hope, inspiration, and creativity from someone like me. Here's how Dear Writer works. Every Wednesday, I send out an email with five short sections in it. The inspiration, I take an inspirational quote or idea and examine it for a bit. The fat orange cat. A fat orange cat is a random specific thing a writer can include in a scene they are writing to help get started. The trope. I take a common writing trope, explain it, and talk about the ways in which it might be useful. The question. I take questions from readers and answer them. And the practical. I look at a piece of story I'm currently consuming and talk about how it does something in an interesting way. That's all free every Wednesday. Then, for the paid tier, they get all of that plus a longer letter every Saturday talking about my projects, my personal struggles with writing, my victories, and sometimes a deeper dive on material I talked about during the regular week that's on my mind. Paid subscribers also get my private Dear Writer podcast, where I read both weekly posts in podcast form. The only way to get this podcast is to be a paid subscriber to Dear Writer. But for all of you who have listened to me all these years, I thought I would send you a sample of a recent entry on the Dear Writer podcast. The paid tier starts at $7 a month or $70 a year. And if you appreciate what I do, it is a great way to show your support. There's a link to the Substack in the show notes, or you can just go to dearwriter.substack.com. There will be more news coming from Chipperish in the new year, things like a How Story Works book, more videos on YouTube, and another podcast about a beloved television show. In the meantime, if you haven't already subscribed, I've got a podcast about Neil Gaiman's Sandman called Endless with my co-host, writer and former Sandman and DC Comics editor, Elisa Quitney. I highly recommend you check it out. I don't mind saying it's really great. Thank you so much. Now, for those of you listening who are already paid subscribers to Dear Writer and to the podcast, first, thank you. Second, yeah, I know this is week 10 and you guys have only received up to week five. The extra episodes are in the editorial pipeline and along with this one will be released in order as they are edited. Expect them all in the next week or so. For everyone else, here is Dear Writer, the podcast. Dear Writer, September 1st, 2021, you thought it was going to be the Dodge, didn't you? Eh, so did I. The Inspiration The way I see it, if you want the rainbow, you got to put up with the rain. Dolly Parton I have a need to always make everything better. If you come to me with your troubles, even if I know what you need is for someone to just fucking listen, I will try to fix the thing that's bothering you. I know it's not best. I know it's not what you need. I do it anyway. Why? Because I am not comfortable with things that are not okay. 
I am not comfortable with being angry, so I don't get angry at the things that are worth being angry about until it all collects like leaves in a blocked gutter, which I also have. Hey, metaphor. And then I get really mad about something stupid, like Muppets. Maybe when the rain happens, we sit in it. Maybe appreciate it. Maybe we like the sound of it. Maybe it's good to be able to cool down. Maybe the fact that your hair is going to be a mess is good because you can accept the mess and then, oh, wait, God damn it. I'm still trying to make the rain okay. It's not okay. Fine. It sucks. Let's just sit in it together and allow it to suck. And then when the rainbow comes, maybe we can enjoy that. The Fat Orange Cat. You know what I love about a fat orange cat? The specificity of it. It is not just a cat. It is not just an orange cat. It is a fat orange cat. Footnote. I had a moment where I wondered if calling the cat fat was an expression of my ingrained anti-fat bias, which we all have because we live in a society full of anti-fat bias. But the word fat in and of itself is value neutral. And it is not the use of the word fat that shows my anti-fat bias, but my wondering if it's bad because I knee jerk that fat is bad. And I'm just showing my map here, but I have no idea if I'm actually right. Although I'm quite sure I am completely exhausted. Anyway, back to specificity. Specificity to a writer is like salt to a chef. It's a small thing that makes a huge difference. Sprinkle specificity on your writing, you will be so glad you did. For instance, you could have your protagonist get almost sideswiped by a car on the highway, but is that anywhere near as good as having their side view mirror taken off by a 1981 Dodge Dynasty driven by a 90-year-old woman smoking unfiltered camels while flying down the Jersey Turnpike at 8.15 on a Wednesday morning? See what I mean? So get those unfiltered camels somewhere into your story. That is today's Fat Orange Cat. The trope. Today's trope is going to be tropes in general, because a lot of times people don't know that tropes are not in and of themselves bad things. I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, well, then you know. But I have no idea who's going to be tripping over this newsletter on their run through the internet in the future. So let me just say one more time for the back row, everything does not have to be so goddamn surprising all the time. Twists are not the end all be all of storytelling. Tropes are great. They're devices you can grab off the shelf and customize for your whip. And that is awesome. What makes a great storyteller is not the ability to tell an entirely new story. A great storyteller can tell the same old story in a way that feels like it's entirely new. Like pretty much everything else in life, it's all in how you do it. The question. Okay, look, you guys have a genuine story expert at your disposal. Ask me a question. I am here for you. It doesn't even have to be about writing. But in the meantime, until one of you hits this button, and insert it as a button that says, ask me literally anything, which goes to info at chipperish.com. So send your questions there. We are all going to sit here awkwardly in silence. Hope that's okay. 
In the meantime, maybe buy something you were going to buy anyway, but use my Amazon link to do it. I'm trying to figure out how to quit my day job and do this full time. And apparently having a lot of revenue streams is part of that. So is actually, you know, asking for support. So, and for those of you listening on the website, there is a little yellow button that says get your stuff. And this yellow button just links to whatever weirdo product on Amazon I thought would be funny. Um, so you don't have to buy that thing. All you have to do is click on a link and then just do your shopping, whatever else you were going to buy. And then you support me and it's absolutely not even a dime extra for you. So what I say is that's a win-win. The practical. Hey, did you notice last week that I never made my point when I was talking about Clarkson's farm? It's almost like I got distracted by something shiny and wandered off while writing and then never finished the post. And when I came back to it, I thought I had finished it and just fucking published it. It's almost like that. Anyway, the whole point of the practical part of the digest is that we talk about some piece of work out there that is putting a writing concept into practice in a way that I enjoy. And the idea of a reality television show using internal conflict, Jeremy's desire to have his farm succeed is in direct conflict with his debilitating case of unearned white male confidence. It's pretty cool. Of course, I think it's all a put on. Jeremy Clarkson is way smarter than that. And what he really wants is to create great television. And he knows from years of Top Gear, which I've started watching now, that him fucking up makes for some fab TV. So that was the point I was going to make last week, but I didn't really finish making. So I'm making that point today. And hey, maybe I'm screwing things up deliberately because it makes the digest more fun. Did you ever think of that? No, you didn't because you know me and you know I genuinely screwed it up. But my screwing up doesn't matter because done is better than good. And now you have two examples of putting a writing principle into practice this week. How's that for value? Everything L. A crack in everything. Fucking Leonard Cohen, am I right? September 3rd, 2021. There's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Leonard Cohen. Dear writer, A few years ago, when I was still married to my ex-husband and he was gaslighting me, something fierce, I remember going to the grocery store and just wandering the aisles, petrified and isolated and living in a world I didn't recognize because my reality was being distorted around me, like that watery mirage that shimmers over hot asphalt on a sweltering day. I felt like I was being cooked slowly from the inside out, but I still had to go fucking grocery shopping, and that was not fair. I wandered down what I call the dollar store aisle. Everything there isn't a dollar, but it's the kind of stuff that you find in the dollar store. Plastic baskets, off-brand lightning chargers, stuff that has been seen on TV, that kind of thing. In the aisle, I found a little boogie board, reusable notepad type thing that someone had written something shitty on. I cleared the board and wrote, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in and put it back where it was. Then numbly stumbled through the rest of the store and went home where I would live in that calm space between the earthquake and the tsunami for a few more days before my life collapsed around me. The last few weeks have been, well, you've been reading this newsletter. You know that I've been living on the ragged edge of oh fuck for this last little while. 
I've been overwhelmed and feeling inadequate to all of the tasks I have ahead of me and scared of the Delta variant and mad that my work is making me come into the office when I don't see a damn soul there all day and could do my entire job from home. I put my house on the market. I'm writing two books. I moved my kid back to school and I've got two furry little assholes having literal pissing matches all over the house that I'm trying to sell. Yeah. And that's just the stuff I'm telling you about. I mean, there's more. There is always more. But then I started writing this week's Dear Writer Digest, and I felt it. A crack. I suddenly wasn't so tired and stressed anymore. I wasn't worn out. I had energy. I made a joke. I laughed. I was rough around the edges, and my fucks did not activate. So I allowed it and continued on. And then I felt the light come in. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is fine. Everything's fine. I mean, I hate to be one of those ladies who's so in love with her work that you're like, okay, that's a bit much, but I'm kind of a bit much in love with my work. Writing makes me feel better. It makes me feel whole. It cracks whatever is making me feel trapped and loosens things up. It loosens me up. I stop thinking about all the ways in which I'm being thwarted in my various ambitions, and I just exist in a space here with you. And I write to you, and everything just fucking relaxes. It's like exercise. When I exercise, I feel better, but I got a million other things that need my time and attention, and I don't do the one thing that will give me the energy to do those other things. And that makes sense to me somewhere in the part of my brain where I look at my energy meter and say, so what happens when you go past the E? When I write, I feel great, but I don't do it because there are other things that need my time and attention, and I have to make notes for this podcast, and I've got to figure out what I'm going to do at the end of my car lease, and oh my fucking God, what am I going to do when Still Pretty ends, and... And, and, but now I've made this commitment to you and you are paying me for it. Thank you for that, by the way. So now the writing is actually justified and required. So I start writing and crack, which is what made me think of the Leonard Cohen quote. And that day in the grocery store, all those years ago, when I thought that I would never, ever survive that oncoming tsunami, but I did. It wasn't elegant. I'm still coughing up the last of the water I breathed in when it hit, but I survived it. I'm stronger. I'm better. I'm smarter. I know what's real. And most importantly, what is not. There is a crack in everything. But it's not just how the light gets in. It's how we get out. Writing is, if you'll pardon a phrase that sounds so inappropriate and tone deaf that I'm definitely going to fucking use it, my crack. I think about death a lot lately, partially because I'm getting older and partially because the man I love is fucking obsessed with it. At least once a day, it's, well, we're all going to die anyway, so what does it really matter? But mostly, I think about the value of time, of every second that is going by. Not in the panicked, oh my God, I'm going to die someday kind of way, but in the how I spend this precious second matters. What am I going to do with it? And I'm not going to lie, sometimes I'm just going to put on an episode of Ted Lasso and play Hearthstone Battlegrounds with my time, and I'm okay with that. But if I only have so much time left, I need to spend it putting cracks in things. I need to let the light in, and I need to poke my head out. I need to see the world. I need to breathe the air, because someday my last grain of sand will drop. And when that happens, I want to release my last breath, knowing that all of that sand was well spent. Time to make some cracks. Everything else.